The Winnipeg Jets have acquired a Swiss winger, but probably not the one we were all hoping for or expecting. With Nino Niederreiter coming on down to the Winnipeg Jets here in just a few days, what did the Jets have to give up, and did they do well with this deal? We'll dive into that, as well as some of the crazier trades like the Timo Meyer swap and the jaw-dropping Tanner Janot return, all coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said, the Jets acquired a winger over the weekend, not the Swiss winger we were hoping for. Uh, Timo Meyer has instead gone to the New Jersey Devils, which we'll talk about later on this episode and why that one kind of feels like a bit of a miss. But in the meantime, the Jets did acquire another player. This one kind of came out of left field, if I'm being honest. I don't know that anyone had Nino Niederreiter on Winnipeg's radar, but apparently Kevin Chevaldeoff did, and he got what I would say is probably a steal, especially looking at some of the uh, trade deadline rental prices that we've seen for some of these players. Winnipeg made out like bandits. They gave up a 2024 second-round pick in exchange for uh, Nino, who is still under contract for at least one more season, so he's actually a little more than a rental he, you know, he's got what about uh, a little under a season and a half left on his deal, which for what Nino brings, I think is actually really good. Nino was one of those players that I actually wanted to come to the Jets at one point. Uh, he's been a very underappreciated, underrated two way attacker for much of his career, uh, especially focused on kind of like attacking around the face off circles and below the dots. A really fun player who I think has very smart offensive positioning. And when you look at his record over the past couple of years, He's like a bona fide, really good middle six player. Uh, he's crossed the 20 goal threshold twice in the last three seasons. And this year in 56 games, he's already up to 18 goals or uh, sorry, 10 goals this year. Um, oh, no, sorry. 18 goals. That's correct. Uh, 28 total points. So he is on pace to have yet another 20 goal season. We'll probably get it with the Jets. And, you know, what you're getting with Nino is a guy who can slide up and down your lineup pretty much at will. I'd personally personally like to see him maybe on the second line. I think. For Winnipeg right now, they need to really find that balance, especially with Perfetti out and with Wheeler and some of the other guys kind of struggling to keep up. Uh, where would I play him? Maybe with Connor and Dubois. I think Niederreiter would be a really nice finisher for Dubois to kind of work with. He's already got Kyle Connor on one flank, but adding another diverse striker on your right side could be a potentially, I don't know, a bit of a godsend for that line because Wheeler, <coughs> excuse me, unfortunately just really hasn't been uh, the elite top six talent that we're really looking for. And the Jets certainly need to find some kind of tertiary scoring to supplement a a bottom six that really hasn't been contributing offensively. So where would I rank this deal? uh, Or what would I, uh, what rating would I give it? 
I would say objectively, it's just good no matter how you slice it. You know, a second round pick next year in a draft that isn't quite as deep as 23. I mean, for a player who's got term, it's an easy A plus for me. I think it's a fantastic trade. Now, I guess the the flip side of this, right, is he doesn't solve every single problem with the Jets. One thing that I've said, you know, Winnipeg still needs to acquire is like a top six talent, right? Winnipeg is is mostly looking more at depth players or middle six attackers, which is fine. I think if you can maybe swap out players like Saku Mandelainen and Mason Appleton for James Van Riemsdyk's, uh, Nino Niederreiter's, players of that caliber, I, I think you're going to be seeing at least somewhat improved results. But I still think at the end of the day, the Jets need some juice from somewhere. And that's why I'm kind of hopeful that this whole link to the Arizona Coyotes is what Winnipeg is really pursuing. Because I think with Timo Meyer basically saying he wasn't going to resign with the Jets, that kind of put a real damper on things. Uh, I, I, I think Meyer still would have been a really intriguing rental because he's a little more than a rental, right? He's still got RFA rights. You could still trade them at the end of the season. And for at least a couple of months, you'd have one of the best left wings in the entire NHL. So for me, a little bit disappointing. Uh, I, I still like the Nino tri- trade a lot, I think, for what the Jets need and what they paid. They basically got stellar value at almost no real cost. Uh, if you told me that a second rounder would get you a player with cost control for at least one more season who can provide you know, anywhere from 35 to 45 points pending his production and shooting percentage, I'd have taken it no questions asked. That's really good, and I think Shovel Day Off made a really good gamble here. I guess the bigger question for me, though, is, is this it? I mean, it really can't be, right? As good as Nino Niederreiter is, he can't be the only acquisition for this team. And I guess, moreover, you know, what is Winnipeg's direction at the trade deadline? Are they really going to be aggressive buyers, or are they probably going to do something like this where they add a couple of middle six players and sort of ride with the core that they have? If they go with that latter option, I think it would be really disappointing because this team genuinely needs like some kind of a jump start. Uh, a huge kick in the rear. You saw that game against the Islanders on Sunday. It was dreadful to watch. And I think the Jets all know that, you know, unless help arrives sometime soon, Winnipeg is going to be looking on the outside in when it comes to the playoffs, even if they make it right. You you look at their performance so far and what they've done, especially over the last two months. And the Jets look more like they're poised for an early knockout if they don't miss the playoffs altogether. So a lot to mull over, a lot to be concerned about, but for the time being, Nino trade, great for the Jets. Of course, the Swiss winger that we all hoped for, Timo Meyer, has gone to the New Jersey Devils. And I want to talk about that deal because I do think the Jets really should have pushed for this one a little bit harder than they did. Not that there's anything wrong with Niederreiter. In fact, I think that's a great acquisition, especially at the price that they paid. But looking at what the Devils got for Nieder, uh, for, for Meyer, you know, really feels like the Jets probably could have had some sort of say in this and maybe even beaten the offer. We'll dive into that in just a moment, but before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted a boost for my immune system, something to get me going in the day, uh, start off my daily routines just right, and if you're wondering what AG1 is, it's just one delicious scoop mixed in a cup of water that helps you absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. AG1 comes loaded with plenty of great nutrients, and it's very lifestyle-friendly, whether you're on keto, paleo, vegan, 
dairy-free or gluten-free dietary restrictions. It contains no nasty chemicals, no weird GMOs, and it contains less than one gram of sugar while still tasting pretty darn good. And best of all, it costs you less than $3 a day, which is quite a bit cheaper than that cold brew habit you've probably been nursing for the past couple of months or years. Don't just take my word for it, though. Athletic Greens comes with over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes, trainers, and fitness enthusiasts just like you. And as always, it's really simple. It's just a daily micro habit that really makes life a lot simpler and a lot easier at a price that you will love. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look up for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are diving, of course, into the NHL trade deadline, but our show is not going to be the only one that talks about this. The NHL deadline is Friday, March 3rd, so join us live on the Locked On NHL YouTube channel from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern as the Locked On NHL hosts break down the biggest deals from across the league. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I will personally be giving some thoughts towards the end of the day as the Jets uh, kind of wrap up, so we'll see about the timing of the episode release. Maybe I do something for the weekend, uh, but either way, hopefully Winnipeg gives me some serious content to talk about because right now things are, are looking a little grim for the Jets, especially with them missing out on Timo Meyer. What did Timo Meyer go for? Well, uh, 50% of his cap hit was retained, which means the Sharks realistically should have gotten a big package. They kind of did. Uh, New Jersey exchanged a 2023 first-round pick, a 2024 first-round pick, uh, Shahir Mohamedoulin and Andreas Janssen for this package, um, and I think there were a couple of other prospects included. This was overall a, a pretty decent package. Um, I think uh, one of those picks for, I think the 2024 pick or something was conditional, or maybe that's actually a conditional 2023 pick. Uh, there was also a prospect, a Hodiok, and I think one or two other pieces, but Long and short of it, of it is when you look at this package and everything that was included, uh, you know, a couple of 2023 picks and some prospects, it's not actually that much for, for Meyer if you're considering him uh, being a long-term player and a long-term extension. But with Meyer's case, it doesn't actually seem like he will resign with the Devils as of right now. It's really hard to tell. I think that part of uh, the, the extension process is something that's kind of you know, out of New Jersey's peripheral, they'll worry about it later. The main thing was bringing in the best player at the trade deadline to push this team to the upper echelons of the East when they're already darn near the top, but still needing that extra offensive push to get by teams like Boston and, uh, you know, maybe the the, the um, Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto Maple Leafs, etc. So for the Jets, right, I really feel like this package reasonably could have been something that Winnipeg challenged. I don't know about two first-rounders necessarily, but maybe you sub in like another elite offensive talent. I think the the sticking point over uh, Meyer not really being interested in extending long-term, it's relevant. But, you know, in terms of uh, kind of what Winnipeg needs and what they should have been willing to pay, I don't know. I, I feel like a conditional 2024 first, a, a 2023 first-rounder, 
Muhammad Ulan, Johnson, and and Fabian Zetterland. I mean, that's there's some decent prospects there, but I don't know if you had given like a Brad Lambert or a Chaz Lucius or something with a Billy Heinola and a first rounder, would that really have been that much further off from what the Devils offered? I don't think so, to be honest. I really feel like this could have been Winnipeg's big moment to enter the stage and go for a massive trade trade deadline rental that, quite honestly, they could have gotten a return for once his contract expired because he's not a UFA. So I don't know. I'm very disappointed. I feel like the Jets really could have challenged this, but maybe they just looked at the trade market and realized, you know, given what they're being asked to pay for uh, Timo and what they might be after when it comes to Nick Schmaltz and the Coyotes, Maybe there was just an incongruency. So positive spin of this, right? The Jets didn't acquire Timo, but they have a chance to get even better with the acquisitions of Chikrin and Schmaltz. I don't know how they would fit this cap-wise necessarily, but if they moved Pionk's salary and brought in Chikrin instead and then brought in Schmaltz, I think that there is reason to believe that there is something workable there. So, you know, I'm not going to say that things are ideal. Uh, Gosses Bear might be the other player uh, that the Jets are looking at instead of Chikrin. But all of this to say, I think the Jets have some real opportunity left on the board. Uh, JVR is still kind of on their perimeter. Um, someone that I think they're probably likely to bring in for a cheap cut rate price. Nino Niederreiter is still very good. So yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still just a bit let down. I was really hoping for Timo Meyer. I thought this would be the time that, that the Jets swing big. And instead it feels like they might have to go bargain bin shopping, but as long as they're smart and make the right acquisitions, I don't really feel you can complain. Uh, this move will definitely help the Jets in terms of Nita Ryder, um, but man, it feels like I I, I memed and, and made so many uh, visions in my head of Timo Meyer scoring for the Jets at even strengthened on the power play, and now we're just going to have to let it continue to be a fantasy. But maybe it was unrealistic all along. I don't know. It feels like of any team at the trade deadline, the Jets had the potential to come away as one of the biggest winners. So we'll see if they still do or if instead we're left wanting just a bit. Now, I will say on the positive side, at least the Jets did not trade for Tanner Juneau, especially with what the Tampa Bay Lightning just sent in exchange for a guy who, quite honestly, is more of like a third or a fourth liner. We'll dive into this trade and, uh, you know, how Winnipeg really responds over the next couple of days in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Built, one of my personal favorite products. Uh, If you've heard me talk about Built Bar before, you know that I'm a big fan because it's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. There's a lot of protein bars out there, and most of them are dry and tough and not very tasty. Built Bars are great because they've got tons of flavor choices like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. One of my favorites, raspberry dark chocolate. Very simple, very classic, but they execute it super well. And for as good as it tastes, you'll be happy to know that it's actually even better for you. Most clock in at around 130 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and anywhere from 15 to 17 grams of protein. So if you're looking for something before your next workout, or maybe a breakfast supplement, an afternoon snack, or just a replacement for that candy bar that gives you a little bit less guilt, Built Bar is a great alternative and one that I highly recommend. You can order them at Built.com where you can customize your own favorite flavor boxes or check out some of their preset boxes at Sam's Club and Walmart in stores. So give uh, Built Bar a shot. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And uh, again, give uh, that raspberry dark chocolate a look. I think it's a great classic flavor, but again, you cannot go wrong with any of their selections. 
Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We're just wrapping up really quickly with a trade that actually broke uh, just a few minutes before I started recording. Thank goodness it did because it was pretty crazy. That trade, of course, is the Tanner Janot trade, which, you know, you might have been wondering if the Jets were maybe in on Janot, a player from a rival team in the Preds who is kind of like a middle six, uh, maybe more like a fourth liner, grindery type. Janot had a big year last year, had like 40 odd points, but then this year has really crashed back to earth. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly did the uh, Lightning give up? Well, they offered Cowfoot a 2025 first rounder, a second in 2024, and a third, fourth, and fifth from this year's draft. Basically, like almost an entire draft class. Now, look, right? You look at these picks, and when you really think about it, most of these are back-of-the-round kind of picks, so it's ostensibly not that much in terms of actual capital, but... In terms of like pure asset management, it's just very confusing as to why you'd spend this much for a player who, quite honestly, doesn't really fit the profile of some of the other guys that they've acquired. Yes, Jeannot is a very talented four-checker and honestly could be a menace in the right system for John Cooper, but it just feels like guys like him get waived on a pretty frequent basis. I mean, Kevin Stenlin was basically signed for nothing, and he, for me, is probably a reasonably comparable player. Now, I will say Stunland doesn't have anywhere near the sort of offensive potential that Janot does, so there is certainly that. Maybe last year's 20% shooting percentage season is something that he could potentially replicate on a team with as much talent as the, the Lightning have. But generally speaking, this just looks like a lot of assets for a player who doesn't really move the needle. When you traded for like Goodrow or or Coleman or even Brandon Hagel, I think especially with Hagel and Coleman, there was more of a track record of success. With Goudreau, I mean, he's solid as like a fourth liner, but not really somebody that I necessarily pay a ton for. Jeannot, you're basically looking at one really good season, and then the rest is just sort of okay, but nothing really spectacular. Again, like I said, a lot of players like that get waived on a routine basis, and the Lightning have not claimed them up until this point. Should the Jets actually maybe look at selling some of their fourth liners? Maybe. If this is what the trade like market for a Tanner Genoa is, what could a Mason Appleton or a Sakumana Linen fetch? I mostly kid that those guys haven't really hit like the 30 or 40 point thresholds necessarily, but maybe the Jets revisit something like Ganson Harkins, who's currently tearing it up at the AHL level, even if his NHL career hasn't quite taken off in the same way. I don't know. Uh, what is going on with this trade market, but all I know is I think the Jets have navigated it well so far, uh, barring the Timo Meyer trade. I would really like for them to make a couple of major moves here in the next couple of days, but hopefully not, you know, players who don't really move the needle. Go for a major acquisition, whether it's Chikrin, Schmaltz, both, and, you know, uh, disprove us skeptics. I think a lot of us are like, is Winnipeg really bracing for a big move? You know, we don't know. We can't say for sure, because the Jets don't always do that, but once in a while, they've surprised us, and I'm really hoping we get surprised again. Let me know what you think the Jets are going to do this week, and drop your thoughts on potential trade options for Winnipeg in the comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Again, thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make your second listen game to game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game NHL covers every game from across the league with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. 
Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.